0: Here on the Christine Apchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change?
1: Welcome. I'm so glad you're joining us here on 1150 AM KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. I'm excited about our show today, and I want to say... A shout out to our wonderful producer, Mr. Benny Mathers. Hello, Benny. Hi, Christine. I'm uh, happy it's Friday, and I'm actually in the San Juan Islands right now, so I'm 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 happy to be out here for the long weekend.
2: Yeah, you got you you got a jump start. Then you even beat me to the punch.
1: Yeah, although (laughs) you know, I've been I've been I've been like doing fun things like cleaning off dirty chairs and stuff like that. So um, to some people, that might
2: be a vacation. You know, I mean. (laughs) Change of pace, you know?
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Do you have any big plans for the weekend? Uh, usually every year around this time for Memorial Day weekend, I head over to Eastern Washington. I have a friend of mine, a friend of mine, they have a, a home over there, so I usually kick it with them around the Columbia River Gorge area and uh, just kind of get away from the city life for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I'm really looking forward to our show today, Benny, because um, we're going to be talking about why women in particular in heterosexual relationships, why they have issues, choosing the wrong man, um, and how to step into a healthy relationship. Our guest today is Dr. Marnie Feuerman. She's a licensed psychotherapist, an author, a speaker, a workshop presenter. She's nationally recognized uh, for her expertise in relationships. She's a sought-after media contributor, syndicated freelance writer, and she's got a private practice in Florida working with distressed couples. She is the author of a very interesting book called Ghosted and Breadcrumbs, Stop Falling for Unavailable Men and Get Smart About Healthy Relationships. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Dr. Marnie Boyerman. Hi, Marnie. Welcome. Hi. It's great to be here. Thank you. You know, it's, um, it's funny because we are in an age now where it's easier to be ghosted and breadcrumbed because we're in the age of the internet. And the text messages and the WhatsApp and all that stuff. Um, why is it particularly important today to be addressing this topic that you address in your book? I think you're right on that. It is it has become easier to do this to people with online dating and the apps. Um, I think it's important for several reasons. I think nothing has changed in terms of people really wanting a loving relationship and wanting to partner up and find the person they can share life with. Mm -hmm. Um, But also I think people need to develop more of an empathy for each other and for the process. And it's sad that a lot of that has gotten lost because you can be so anonymous online and it's easy to ghost somebody or just not treat them right uh, and not think anything of it. And so I think it's important for a couple of reasons, you know, including those two. So uh, do you think that everybody longs to have uh, a healthy relationship with a significant other? I think the majority of people do. I'm sure there's a few that, you know, don't care and want to live in mm-hmm. isolation, or they, they have a very um, maybe maybe their needs for that type of contact with somebody has been squashed. Uh, But I think we thrive. I mean, the science tells us we thrive from having loving, healthy relationships. Certainly, you know, a romantic one is one type of relationship, but Uh just having friends, family, having people we feel connected to, feeling that we have support, we're not um, alone in the world, Uh, we have people we can reach out to that we can count on, And we're healthier when we do that, when we can reach for people and we know that they're there for us. Mm -hmm. uh, We do better. We thrive when we have that. And I think how we've evolved from tribal cultures, so it must be in our DNA to have connections like that. It is evolutionary for sure, Um, particularly romantic relationships. That's why we have the the spark, the attraction to somebody If we didn't have it, we wouldn't be pairing up, right? We wouldn't be reproducing. So it definitely has evolutionary components to it. Mm-hmm. Right. So in your book, you, you talk a lot about attachment style. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about what attachment is and how it can be both healthy and dysfunctional? <laughs> sure. Yeah, attachment is probably one of my favorite topics. Mm -hmm. Um, and attachment theory which is a very it's not just a popular theory in psychology but it's a pretty well proven theory so when we when um, scientists have tried to replicate um, you know determining what attachment is and how attachment styles develop they're finding a lot of consistency in the replication and so we know that attachment styles do develop from our early relationships most Mm -hmm. often in our family the family we're born into and these patterns develop with a primary caretaker which is usually the mother but it doesn't necessarily Uh have to be and attachment is the, the deep enduring emotional bond that connects us to somebody and so when we're we first enter the world um, we can't take care of ourselves. We, are, right. we rely and depend on somebody to do that for us. And so the consistency of that care, um, the quality of it we know can really vary. We have, um, oh, yeah. you know, somebody who can, you know, a parent maybe who was, or a caretaker who was super consistent and reliable and soothing and did all, did all the right things. Uh-huh. And then we can have caregivers who are extremely neg- neglectful or even abusive. And so that the quality of that bond exists on a continuum. Mm-hmm. And when they first studied attachment, they looked at it between the parent and child, and they were able to distinguish these different styles that develop. And they didn't know until many years later when other People and um, other research started looking at it and realized that the attachment system is reactivated in our adult romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. And so those early experiences create uh, like a blueprint or a template for us. So we internalize these attachment figures. So if it was a parent, um, later on, if you know, depending on. What happened in those early years, we tend to think and expect that um, it, it, in, it impacts how we see ourselves, how we see the world, um, how much safety we feel and security, you know, uh-huh. whether we think, hey, yeah, people are dependable and reliable. You know, when, I, when something comes up that I need, somebody is there that responds, or on the contrary, they weren't, or um, even worse, uh, there was some type of fear instilled. And so those types of undercurrents run along with us. um, And so that definitely impacts our choices later on. Yeah. And based on my own experience and and that of so many of my clients, friends and colleagues and and books I've read, I think there's probably a whole lot of dysfunctional um, early attachment. And it's, uh, so you're saying that, what we had as a child, we recreate as an adult, and that's scary. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it can be very scary, especially if it's not, um, if it wasn't good, or it was dysfunctional or unhealthy, um, or if it was even uh, for some people where it's, you know, traumatic. And you know, I think there's different there's different reasons that um, that we then do that, or we, we keep kind of replicating it, as you say, mm-hmm. even right. though some people are on an intellectual level, so you can say to yourself, hey, I know this is wrong, it doesn't feel good, or I'm in pain, or I'm really struggling in this relationship, yet there's something that's familiar to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we also have um, what's called our implicit memory, that can be running the show. And implicit is the memory that's part of our unconscious mind. So we're not so aware of it. We just know, huh, something feels kind of the same to us, and so we just continue with it. Uh, for example, um, and this, this is one that happens quite a, quite a bit, where a parent is an addict, and then the mm. person in their love life keeps choosing addicts. And mm. it's just, you know it feels like that's, that's what they know. Um, or they've recreated it, or they keep trying again and again to get some particular need met, um, but they've really created a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's just not going to happen. They've just created the same situation, and it's it's not going to change necessarily. So, Marnie, do you think that um, beyond the familiarity, do you think that on some level we will recreate the same sort of situation in order to heal from that early dysfunction? Sure. Yeah, it, it's like there's unfinished business there, and so we do try. It's like we're trying again and again to um, master this and um, heal it and resolve it. Um, yet, yet it doesn't. It doesn't quite. It doesn't work out that way usually. Mm. <laughs> so, um, you know, instead, it, it's. We're just. It, it's just like um, Groundhog Day. Instead, right, right. Um, you know, unless you have, you know, I mean, sometimes I would say you, you can heal it if you have a partner that recognizes it too, and you're both on the same track in uh-huh. healing it, and you both are able to say, hey, this is not working. Um, we've got to do something about it. But often that's not the case. Usually it's yeah. sort of the same thing over and over. And it is an attempt to heal, but it's not a successful attempt at that.
2: Yeah.
1: We have to go to a quick break, but when we return, Marnie, I'm going to want you to. Share about how we can get out of that awful Groundhog Day. Stay tuned for more with Dr. Marnie Feuerman.
0: The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change.
2: This is Peggy Snow, practitioner at Stellar Reflections with a Stellar Reflections Minute. So many people these days are trying to find ways to relieve their stress. What happens to our breathing when we're feeling overwhelmed and stress? When we tune in, we realize that we're either holding our breath taking very shallow breath to signal the body that all is well which most of the time it is sometimes all that is needed is a nice deep breath to break the cycle first exhale to get all the stale air out by engaging the abdominal muscles and blowing gently next take a nice full breath in feeling it fill your body all the way down to your hips release fully and enjoy the freedom of movement notice how your body feels do you feel refreshed calmness is only a breath away This has been a Stellar Reflections Minute. For more information about what we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836.
3: How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website couragetobeseen.com and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later.
0: How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process?
1: I'm talking to Dr. Marty Foreman, and we are talking about how women end up choosing the wrong medicine. Earlier, Marty, you were talking about how we recreate the same situation from childhood, like the adult version, as we choose a mate. Um, how do we get out of that vicious cycle? There's a few ways you can get out, which is which is really great news. The the number one thing that people are going to want to do is develop the self-awareness. And that can be a little tricky, right? Because obviously if we, you know, developing insight is certainly one big piece of it, and then setting some goals to actually make the changes. Um, But we have, you know, we have good science now. We have, um, we know a lot more about how we can get stuck in some of these tricky places in relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, A piece of it is understanding how love works, so educating yourself on the science of love, um, what happens to your brain when you're in love. And um, one of the things that we know is that a lot of times our, our rational thought our judgment is offline, and that implicit memory, again, is online, and that we can feel like we're on drugs. <laughs> you know, it's almost like okay. the same thing. When they've done MRIs of people's brains, when they're in love, they're lighting up as if the person is taking cocaine. Um, so it's <laughs> really no, you know, you knowing that, realizing that, and that you may not be making the best decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a lot of time, giving a, re- a relationship uh, a, a chance to really evolve and develop and don't rush it. And also um, something that I talk about in the book, too, is the people that are around you, that care about you and love you, your friends, your family, the people you already trust. Uh, sometimes they can clue you in, and if you can take in their feedback non-defensively, uh-huh. uh, which I know sometimes people have a hard time doing when it's about somebody that they're involved with, um, you know, that can be really helpful also in develop it, developing the self-awareness. And um, understanding attachment, like what we just talked about, sort of understanding how it works and that some of the ways that you might be even acting in a relationship could have to do with your early family patterns Mm -hmm. um, and your history. So you're going to want to track that and get some knowledge about that so you can see, you know, maybe, hey, these things weren't so healthy. These things didn't, um, you know, didn't really maybe teach me enough uh, to really have that sense of self-worth and to feel safe and secure in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, And another way, of course, is always therapy. And a lot of therapists work with this uh, day in and day out, and certainly a therapist with more of an attachment orientation will have this knowledge and will help you um, connect those dots Mm -hmm. so that you can begin to develop more of a like what I call it, like a coherent narrative. So you, you need to that. understand what happened to you, uh, what, what might be affecting some of your behavior in relationships and your choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not about blaming, so I just want to make that clear. I don't want people to go and think I'm telling them to blame their parents and, and all of that. I, it's, it's less about that and more about just kind of saying to yourself, here's some things that a- affected me Uh, And I need to understand them and get them and so that I can, you know, really know what I'm doing here and make better choices. And I also like people to really clearly define their, their values and what they want, what's most important to them, and that somebody needs to line up with those values. And if they don't, they need to move on, move on, move on, and not just go with the feelings that they're having. That could be great chemistry. But chemistry can fool people, Um, so I want them to keep their rational brain online as much as possible. Yeah. So it sounds like um, these sort of uh, the connections and the the possible interventions. It requires that first of all, we don't like just get so totally um, involved in this relationship that we're shunning the support system, or you know, like neglecting our other relationships, so that we don't have the opportunity to get feedback from others, that we have the wherewithal to actually connect with the right therapist if we've had issues in the past with unhealthy relationships then, so we can avoid some of these things and not to just like, go with the, the, the drug effects of falling in love and use our rational brain is what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it, those, those types of things are so important in figuring this out so that you won't keep you know, repeating it over and over again. And, um, and we have a lot available to people. And, and one of the reasons I, I like the idea of putting out a book is that they're very inexpensive. I know that a lot of people can't necessarily afford a therapist. Uh, but we we have um, great resources now, some that are available online. You know, you just want to be careful that the site is reputable. We have a lot of good good books out there that people have written. And luckily, this is easy, easily accessible and relatively inexpensive. So mm-hmm. I think having that knowledge and just understanding things um, better will really help you in making different changes. Yeah. And I think that. Uh, you know, whether you could afford it or not, I mean, even if you can't afford therapy, if you start reading something and you say, oh, wow, I've had this pattern of relationships and looks, this looks like what it might be. Maybe I should talk to somebody to help me through it. So it's, it gives you yes. a heads up that you need to connect with somebody who can um, help you work through it. Yes, and therapists actually, in a way, become like a surrogate uh, attachment figure in a way. So... Oh, yeah. um, so the therapist can really help the the client be very reflective about what's happening, but also mm-hmm. offer that um, po- unconditional positive regard, the nonjudgmental space for them to talk about these things. And it can be a very healing relationship for the client um, mm-hmm. because they're not necessarily used to people responding to them so well, and they're not, they're not understanding it or getting it. And so it's a, it's a very safe environment to explore these things, probably in a way that mo- you you, know, you can't really get that in a lot of other places. So it is a really nice uh, opportunity to try to work some of this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Now, part of your subtitle is Stop Falling for Unavailable Men. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of faces does unavailability have? What are, what are the different types of unavailability? <laughs> um, in, I would say, on a whole, um, being unavailable is somebody who puts up barriers to intimacy. Ah. Um, they're constantly blocking efforts uh, that, that you might be, you know, trying to make with them to connect, to uh-huh. develop um, a close relationship, to have more emotional depth. Um, women generally tend to be better at this on a whole. <laughs> so, That's right. Um, uh, and so sometimes women, though, what they will do is even if somebody is putting up these barriers, they'll try harder. They'll think, they'll take it on almost as a project. Like, it's my job, That's or hard, right? I should just show more compassion, or I can show this guy the way. Uh, you know, but you have to know when that's not working or when to stop or when you are starting to overfunction or do too much. And you're the person really trying to sustain this relationship and it is draining you or you're not finding that you're getting um, any fulfillment out of it. And it's out of balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can come from a lot of different things. I mean, certainly a man's, the man's attachment history is a piece of it, but I think we also do men a disservice in the way that we socialize them. Um, You know, we socialize them in very traditional masculine roles and that, uh, you know, to focus on achievement and being strong and keeping your emotions in check. Uh, And so when they get into a relationship with a woman who expects this, which is a natural thing to expect, Uh uh, but they really struggle with it, um it could be it could be really, really tough. And there's certainly men who are open to the idea of, um, yeah, I, w- I really do want to connect with you know this woman or my spouse or whoever it is. And so I'm willing to um, work on this. But then I think we have you know, other people who may just dig their heels in and become really entrenched in, you know, no, I'm not I'm not budging on this. It's weak to show emotions. It's uh, weak to have needs. Um, I'm not going to do it. And so that's where you're going to have a, um, a a pretty big problem. And then the relationship probably is going to break down. Yeah. And I think that, um, women tend to be like emotional fixers oftentimes in our culture, at least. And, uh, that, so it's like taking on the challenge of helping fix somebody so they can be the proper partner. Right, right. And I, and I think it's okay to um, suggest change or to talk about something that's concerning you in the relationship. That is, mm-hmm. That's fine. I'm, you know, I think the direct communication is a great idea. But I, I do want women to recognize when the person perhaps is just not, you know, they're, either they're refusing or they're incapable of giving them what they're looking for and when to stop, you know, when to say, you know, right. it doesn't mean there's something wrong with her. It's just she's recognizing that maybe this she's not going to be fulfilled in this particular relationship, and things aren't getting better or changing. Yeah. We have to go to another quick break, but stay tuned for more with Dr. Marnie Foyerman.
0: I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836.
2: Imagine that you can create anything you choose. Literally, imagine it. Join us to explore the neuroscience of imagination, intention, and clear speed. Tune in to Clear Speed Talk Radio with Dr. Jeanette Wolf on TransformationTalkRadio.com every fourth Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, as she explores how your inner dialogue, your conversations, and the words you choose to use can help set goals you keep, achieve greater health and resources, and feel the an ease and flow of loving your life. For more information, visit JeanetteWolf.com.
3: Are you ready to create a life you'll really love? Then you'll want to tune in to the hit show Life Design Radio From Adversity to Awesome with Susan DiLorenzo Live each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com No matter where you are in your adversity story, Life Design Radio has got you covered Get ready to feel inspired, enlightened, and motivated For more information about working with Susan, visit SusanDLorenzo.com Is traditional medicine not working for you?
1: Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. That music is the, is the wonderful Michael Tomlinson. Um, he's been on the show before. He is an amazing musician. If you want to learn more about him, get some of his music, go to michaeltomlinson.com. I'm grateful to have a wonderful guest today, Dr. Marnie Feuerman. She's the author of Ghosted and Breadcrumbed. Stop falling for unavailable men and get smart about healthy relationships. Now, Marnie, I I know you were talking about some of the signs that somebody a man is unavailable, and and um, so even healthy women sometimes, when they're not like recreating their childhood issues within the context of a, a relationship, even healthy women will choose unavailable men, and. I'm kind of curious about that, and it seems to me that the most unavailable men out there are married men, and there are yes. plenty of women who get into a relationship with married men. Why is that? Yes, the ultimate unavailable man. Man is the married one or one in another relationship. This actually sparked the whole idea for the book to begin with, and then I expanded it to you know emotional unavailability as well. Uh-huh. Um, but I got so many um, people viewing an article that I wrote online about it and a lot of women emailing me. And, and their emails sounded so, uh, they were in such torment um, because they were involved in a married, with a married man. Uh, at first, what, what it tends to happen from what I've learned and read um, is that a lot of times the woman doesn't know the man is married when they first meet. The men are hiding this. So they're tricking them (laughs) Yeah, at first. They're coming off as being available. Uh, And sometimes when the woman finds out, many will just say, oh, that's disgusting, what a jerk, and they're done. Mm -hmm. And that's that. But we have a subset of women who are already sucked in, and they are already feeling such a strong chemistry, and they're immediately defining it as being in love. And uh-huh. so they're finding it so hard to leave. And then we often have um, the man is often giving them these different, feeding them these lines, manipulating, um, saying things to make the woman feel really sorry for him, um, making themselves sound like they're a victim, they're in, let's say, an awful marriage, or they're just waiting for the kids to go to college, or, and on uh-huh. and on and on. And so the women will stay in that, and then after a while, they feel like they've invested so much time that they think, well, I've got so much time in this. Um, maybe I should just, you know, hold on a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And so they can really grab on to promises that they're, you know, they're hearing from this person. Um, and so they're they're feeling really, really stuck, and that it's so hard to leave because they feel so they're bad for this person or they feel like they're so in love with this person and chemistry is really strong and we know that in these kinds of relationships intensity the intensity is very strong uh there's a lot of there's a big sexual component to them in most cases Mm -hmm. and um and that just you know keeps sort of feeding that type of relationship energy Um, and if, if we kind of go back to some of the things that we talked about earlier, a lot of it does end up having to do with um, that those complicating pieces from somebody's early family history and their attachment history playing out. So it's the same type of thing, the same type of dynamics. Uh, but it, it becomes really, really difficult for these women to get out of these relationships. Mm-hmm. So even though they're aware that it's dysfunctional and... Um, it may not have a future, it's likely not to have a future women stay in them. Yes. Yeah, and, and I think the intensity of it all, because of the, it, the secretive nature of it, um, the major sexual component to it, mm-hmm. all of those things, um, I think, you know, are complicating pieces that, that may even keep a woman going and that type of thing even more than if it was just, let's say, an emotionally unavailable man. Uh-huh. Um, the secretive piece adds a whole other dimension to it. Hmm. So, how does a woman get out of that? I would say a simil- similar way that, you know, for, for any of these relationships with uh, unavailable men, whether they're physically unavailable, involved with somebody else, or putting up these barriers to intimacy. It's, again, developing the insight and the self-awareness and um, so, that, so that she can realize, you know, why, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And then laying out a plan for change. Some of these women maybe don't even know, like, what a healthy relationship looks like. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe they don't even have clear, clearly defined values, like what is really important to them. Uh-huh. And so I think they have to take a real honest, inventory uh, about you know not just not just blaming the, per- the guy, but also mm-hmm. okay, what am I what am I doing? What are my behaviors? How am I acting? How am I contributing to this dynamic between me and another person? So I think figuring all of that out but then setting very specific goals. And one of one of the most important pieces I think as well that's important is for women to, to have a sense of purpose, Uh, and feel like they have value, um, whether they're with a a man or not, whether they're with Uh someone or not, that they have a fulfilling life. They maybe have a job they enjoy, they have friends, they have hobbies, uh, that they're not so tunnel vision focused on a relationship or having a relationship or a particular Mm -hmm. outcome here with a relationship. So I think she has to create a really fulfilling life uh, in other ways, uh, but... Mm -hmm. Also getting to the core of uh, the, self, the self-esteem piece, the sense yeah. of self-worth, really healing that, not, not buying into that, and finding ways to, uh, to feel really good about herself. And, that, and whose voice is it that she's hearing? Is she hearing her mom's voice, her dad's voice? Like, what is her voice? Mm-hmm. Because if she doesn't feel good about herself, that, that came from somewhere, Right. Um, And so if you're not feeling good about yourself, if somebody good comes along, someone available, someone really wants to connect with you, you're going to push it away because you're going to think to yourself, do I even deserve this? So at the same time that you're attracting and you're accepting the ones that aren't healthy or good for you, you're rejecting the ones that probably are good for you. Mm -hmm. So all of those things uh, play into this. So do you think that – there are. There's a high percentage of women who have such worthiness issues. Have what issues? Worthiness issues. They they don't have the self worth yeah. to, to really feel like they deserve that high quality relationship. Yes, I see that a lot. Um, and so again, you're not going to know your your um, self talk. You're not going to figure out what that is. You know, what are you telling yourself, mm-hmm. unless you examine it, unless you look at it. Uh, and see. And then um, part, of, part of the piece with that, too, is, um, is there's an element of cognitive behavioral therapy even in that, which is, you know, some of the thoughts that you're telling yourself may not be rational, may not be supported by evidence, there may not be any proof of it, but yeah. you're believing it. And then when you believe it, you're going to find all the things that line up with that belief, and you're going to filter out the things that don't. And so it just keeps, again, going over and over and over again. Can you repeat that last thing? Because I think it's really important. Sure. Yes. Um, If you have this belief system that you are not worthy, you're going to look at the world through that lens, and you Uh are going to only find things that substantiate that belief, and you are going to disregard the things that tell you it's not true. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so important that we look through the lens of our beliefs, as you say. And um, so that's, that, that's keeping us in that Groundhog Day perfection, yes. isn't it? <laughs> it does. It's a big piece of it. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. We have to go to another quick break, but stay tuned for more about being ghosted and breadcrumbed and how to get out of it.
0: I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. What does the word healing mean? Many think that healing merely means eliminating symptoms. However, based on my many years as a healer, I have a much broader perspective on the word. Healing can manifest in a variety of ways, including having physical problems resolved, becoming more emotionally centered, experiencing better relationships, gaining greater clarity, and feeling more spiritually connected. True healing always includes some level of transformation. Whatever form healing takes, there is one commonality, an improvement in quality of life. To me, the highest form of healing goes beyond aligning with wellness. It comes from recognizing our soul's voice and allowing it to speak through us. And in that sense, don't we all yearn to heal into our wholeness? Please visit Stellareflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. At StellarReflections.com.
1: Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. Um, if you're looking to share the show later, next week it's going to get posted on ChristineUptrich.com, commercial-free, mind you, and uh, offer the replay there. It also ends up in, I think, about 50 different podcasts, so um, share away, and, uh, and that way you can help others. All right, Marnie, uh, before we go any further in this hour, and I want to make sure our listeners have an opportunity to figure out how to connect with you. What's your website, and, and what do you offer people? Sure. Uh, you can go to Dr. Marnie Online, D-R-M-A-R-N-I-O-N-L-I-N-E, and on there you will find uh, links to different services I offer, including a way to get to me and my practice down in South Florida. I also have a sign-up on there that um, you can receive my, uh, you know, different content that I put out by mail and all my offerings. I will be putting out e-courses. There's one I have right now that is also free for a short time. That also goes into a lot of what we talked about where I um, discuss why people keep repeating unhealthy relationship patterns so they can get a better understanding of that. And that's all free right now if you just sign up. And a lot of other information's on that website as well. Yeah. And, again, the book title is Ghosted and Bread And um, I'm just, for our listeners, in case they're looking this up on Amazon or some other place, I'm going to spell your last name because it's not exactly the way it sounds. F-E-U-E-R-M-A-N. And it's pronounced Boyerman. All right. So I've, I've got a burning question for you about... Um, unavailable men because there's a certain class of of men who seem available but aren't and that is narcissists because when a you know when a narcissist when you like first meet a narcissist they can seem absolutely perfect engaging emotionally connecting um, but things aren't completely as they seem can you share with the listeners a little bit about the <laughs> dynamics of that <laughs> yes. Um, I think almost every woman probably has at least one narcissist story because it is so common. Um, yeah, no, like you said, when someone's narcissistic, they have a really g- um, an interesting energy. They're very charismatic. A lot of times they're good looking, they appear confident. Um, they give off a vibe that really attracts people. And certainly, you know, when it's a narcissistic man, it's very, they be, they're very attractive to, to a woman. Uh, I mean, a woman it becomes very attracted to them and can then get easily sucked in. And then it's like you said, it's not, you know, they're not what they seem because then uh-huh. very slowly those narcissists chip away at your self-esteem and your sense of self-worth. Right. Narcissists are inherently extremely insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of trouble expressing love and taking in love. Um, they have a lot of trouble with empathy. Um, yeah. Some are, you know, kind of stop at that. And then we have some that can actually become very abusive. And I mean uh-huh. like emotionally abusive, psychologically abusive. It's very underhanded. It's very subtle. Mm-hmm. And... um it can really, he wants to drag down your self-esteem, and usually they're very adept at doing that. Um, And, again, because of, you know, possibly the chemistry and also the manipulation really keeps you you involved, it's um, hard to get out. But um, if you start to realize that this is going on, that, you know, the abuse, uh, like an abusiveness that's very subtle or you feel as if, you're starting to feel so bad about yourself in this relationship and it's getting worse and worse um, that it's probably time to, you know, hit the road and get away, get away from this person. It could be crazy making though, because they're also good at gaslighting. So that Mm -hmm. if you you think that there's something wrong and, and you're saying that there's something wrong, then their response can be, well, no, you're misinterpreting it or no, that's not what I said, or you're crazy or whatever. sort of like, um, so somebody's yes. got to actually trust themselves, as opposed to um, you know being manipulated in that way. Yeah, it, it's a very very tough and, and scary situation, um, and sometimes it has to be point. It really has to be pointed out by a third party. You know, uh-huh. um, right. if they end up coming, let's say to you can get them into a session, and you have a, a therapist, you can start to see that that's going on. Usually, they'll uh-huh. point it out. Uh, but some narcissists are also very good at gaslighting. They try to gaslight even the therapists.
2: <laughs> so mm, <right>. they want to
1: <laughs> keep everybody off balance. Um, so it it's tough, and I and I think um, you know people end up in these relationships sometimes a really long time, and it just takes such a toll on on them. And so it is, you know, if you if you even are not sure again. Seek some advice from either a professional or um, a good friend or family member. Start sharing. Start don't keep these experiences to yourself. You need somebody who's outside of it to kind of maybe pull you out of denial or you know not not getting what's going on. Someone validating. Yeah, you are not crazy. This is not you know this is this is what's happening here. So if that's an important part in um, getting out of this type of a of a thing with somebody. Mm -hmm. Okay, Marnie. So what does a healthy, loving relationship look like? Because I think that so many people, and we're talking specifically women in hetero relationships, don't know what that should look like. And and so what is it we should be envisioning? (laughs) Um, Well, if we think about some of the things that I talked about with, attachment that the quality of the bond comes from a consistent reliable caretaker somebody who shows that they are there for us they helped us make sense of our experiences they soothed us when we were hurt uh... they allowed us to express our emotions and understand our emotions and allowed a a place for us to express our thoughts and all of that uh... you know just like we want that we that would be a very healthy childhood to have. Um, It's the same thing in an adult romantic relationship. So we want somebody who is accountable. They're honest. They're transparent. Um, There is a lot of reliability and consistency. There's no mixed signals. Uh, Uh There's direct communication. And there's also empathy. When you're hurt or in pain or you're suffering, and that, you know, that person should be responding to that. They should be caring for you in your pain. And if they're not able to do that, um, that would definitely not be a healthy relationship. Um, And again, your values line up with theirs. So I think that in a nutshell would be, you know, would define a healthy relationship.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So if we have... A, a, like, like I'm just going to generalize here for a moment to, to end this. If, if we're able to get more and more of us out of that unhealthy childhood attachment-style issue um, and into wholeness and, and healthy relationships, how is that going to affect society? I think it will be an, immense for society... Um, I think that healthy families, healthy relationships is like the bedrock of society. That's how we thrive. That's how we do well. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is even problematic is that, you, that, you know, when we when look at research dollars and what's put towards the sciences, we... T- um, it tends to not go to things like this. They're not given money. You're not given money to study love and relationships uh-huh. and all of that. And it's, um, I think it's really missing the mark because this is something that is so important to people. You know, when we're, when we reach the end of our lives, what makes us feel um, like we've had a successful life is our relationships. If we feel like we've had good relationships with other people. Yeah, um, yeah, and sometimes. so I think it's, yeah, I think it's, it's critical. And so I think it will help society if we are able, if people are able to make these changes. Great. Again, um, her website is Dr. Marnie online. The book is ghosted and Breadcrumbed. Um, Dr. Mon- Marnie Feuerman. Thank you, Marnie, for joining us here today. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. And thank you for joining us here today. I look forward to talking to you again soon.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.